are feeling like it. You know, Jace came to me tonight, to this morning, and said I got 48 times. So if you are feeling like it, no matter what age you are, if it helps you pay attention, which is really the purpose or the goal behind it, if it helps you to follow along, we will be talking about faith tonight. I think that's tick number two. All right. Hebrews chapter 11. I do look around and I see many other visitors that I would like to call you all by name. I know some it would embarrass, so I won't say anything. won't say anything. I see others, but I do appreciate you being here. As we go through life, it's centered around faith. As far as a Christian life is concerned, there is no purpose in living if it weren't for faith. Understanding, sure, there's a lot of things that can go on in life. You know, you can have fun. You might decide Jordan Hallwell likes to talk about going bowling. He says, well, I've picked up bowling. I really like it. You can have things that are fun in life, but yet there's no purpose. Meaning you might get a little better at bowling. You could be like Jay Jones. He was sitting over here this morning. You could be like Jay Jones and bowl a 300. It'll never happen for me. But... If you want true purpose, it revolves around faith. It revolves around the Christian looking forward to something better. Now, the only reason we have opportunity to look for something better is because of, once again, faith. As you open to Hebrews chapter 11, you'll recognize Hebrews chapter 11 is probably, if you read the introduction or the the phrase at the beginning that sums up the chapter, most likely the word of faith is in there. It's, it's what Hebrews chapter 11 is completely centered around. But as we talk about faith today, there's going to be a few different things that we're going to recognize and all the different characters that we get to in the center, we are actually going to kind of rush over. There's a lot in Hebrews chapter 11. In fact, you can look and it's 40 verses. And there's only a little time that we have together. So, I encourage you to get your seatbelt, buckle in, and hold on tight. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. We will look at understanding faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, substance is something that's very easy to understand because I like to put my hands on something. In fact, I think that's one reason that I hated school so much was because as you read and you learn from a book, you don't get to grasp it. It could be that you're a white-collar person, but a blue-collar like myself, we have to feel it. We have to have the items in our hands, and we look at it, and we fit the pieces together, and you know, you see the motor, and you take the pieces off, and you put the pieces on, you feel great about it, it's a great day. You get to actually recognize substance. They put their fingers on it. Now, at the same time, every job, to a certain extent, has substance. You've got the spreadsheet that you go into, and you fill out the numbers, you add them up, they add up, and everybody's happy. Now, within Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's what you can grasp. 
But the problem is, what can you grasp within faith? He says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Do you have faith that heaven exists? Absolutely. Why is that? It says, the evidence of things not seen, because the evidence shows it to be so. Have you ever held on to heaven? Absolutely not. Have you smelled heaven? My wife's cooking is wonderful, but yet it's not heaven. Taste would be the same thing. She made an incredible cake this morning. A couple of you had the opportunity to taste it, and it might be heavenly, but it's not heaven. All right, It's not the substance where you actually get to feel it. But he says it's the evidence of things not seen. As we talk about God's word and faith, God has never requested blind faith. Understand what I mean. God told Noah, he said, hey, go, build an ark. And he was telling him that something's coming that he hadn't seen, but what did he have? He still had the evidence of God. You know, as you talk about Moses, he was told to go out into a far land that he hadn't been to, but what? He still had the facts or the evidence that God was who he was. If you look at Matthew chapter 15 and verse 14, it says if the blind lead the blind, what's going to happen? They both fall in the ditch. The point is God doesn't expect us to blindly follow him. He provides ample evidence for us to know that God is who he said he was. Not only that, but he continues to be that person. God is today, tomorrow, and forever. He is the same. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 14, though, it's not that we're blindly going anywhere. We have evidence, mountains of evidence, that we can look to to know what God expects, to know who God is. And so, therefore, the encouragement is follow the evidence. You know, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 really points to the exact same point. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Where was that faith built from? It was built upon God's word. You can go forward to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 talking about the, the Christian. Paul speaking there says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, that doesn't mean it's blindly walking, but they walk. Why? Because the evidence told them where to go. You know, there have been many times in my life where I chose to drive somewhere. In fact, the first time I came to Olive Branch, I get on my... I don't even think I used the GPS. I'm pretty sure I pulled it up on the, pulled it up on the Internet, and I followed the directions that said, go down Highway 305, and I'm like driving, I'm like, it's not there. I passed it, and I'm like... It's not here. And eventually I made my way to the church building, but I'd never been, been here before. But I tried to follow the map that I had pulled up. And for some reason, it wasn't going well. But I figured it out. Within life, we have evidence within this GPS system that says it will be there. And it just so happens sometimes when you follow the GPS, you get there and it's not there. God's evidence doesn't work that way. God's evidence points to a direct destination. It points not only to a destination, but it tells you how to get there, and we just have to take advantage of it. 
So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. We aren't blindly following, but rather we walk according to our faith. That faith in Romans 10 said that it came by the Word of God. And so therefore, a studying Christian, a student of the Word, has the opportunity to beware and what God would have them to be. Not only does, is evidence provided, but evidence shows it can be done. Verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Now when we read verse 2, it's not talking about Billy and Dio. It's not saying, well, those as the elders received a good testimony. It's not about them, but rather he says the elders making reference to those of old. As we read through the rest of Hebrews of chapter 11, we will see all these names... We will see all these actions, and their testimony was that they were faithful because they did what God expected them to do. As we talk about the religious world, one thing I want to really stress, I said they did what God expected them to do. There is action required. Within living the Christian life, it's not something where you just roll over and you fall into place where it's like, oh, look, I'm a Christian. No, it's something you work at. Not only do you have to work at it, but it's something that's difficult. It's something that takes time, that takes dedication. And we have an opportunity to dedicate our life to it. The list of people in the following verses identify their faith by their actions. And righteous actions afford us the opportunity to be found faithful. You know, if you drop down to verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now we look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, oftentimes. But the point was, tie it together with what's going on in Ephesians chapter 11, verse 5, and it talks about Enoch who was a very special individual. In fact, there was no one that was quite like him. Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death in verse 5. He was taken away so that he did not see death. He didn't experience it. He didn't die like all of us are going to do. We're either going to live till Jesus comes or we are going to die. You look in the Proverbs, Solomon once said, there's a time to be born. And there's a time to die. It's going to happen. It is a set fact in life. Well, it just so happens Enoch escaped that. Now, it goes on in verse 6, right after saying Enoch escaped it because he pleased God, it says, but without faith, you cannot be pleasing to God. Enoch was pleasing to God because he chose to live righteously. And he says, but if you don't choose what Enoch chose, you better mark it down. You cannot be pleasing to God. Not only does the evidence show that it can be done, which we will notice for about 10 minutes in the middle, but also evidence shows or evidence is shown in the creation. Notice in verse 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Think back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Charlie's probably listening. She might even know what it says. But 
In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You can drop down into verse 3. And it says, And God said, Let there be light. Notice what it says in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 11. It says, By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. Go down through Genesis chapter 1. You're going to see over and over it says, And God said, and well, boom, it happened. As you look at, as you look at the creation, God's breath spoke it into existence. God's breath is the reason why we have anything at all which in fact is the most scientific way in which the world could be created. Because why? Because matter is neither destroyed nor created. If you look at the, the law of thermodynamics, matter or, matter or any type of energy would not be created, but rather it's just transferred from one to another. And so therefore it cannot be created and it cannot be destroyed. And the point being, in Genesis chapter 1, it tells us what it took to create something. Because obviously something pretty crazy had to happen in order for that to take place. In Psalm 33 and verse 6, it says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Over and over we see, we observe, that God's breath is the reason anything exists. I started to share it on Facebook, and then I read it and I decided not to, but there is a, uh, the video of Richard Dawkins when he was on the television in Australia, and he was asked about the creation of the universe. I've mentioned this before, but in his replies, he's, as he was struggling to answer he said it's counterintuitive that you can get something from nothing he said of course common sense doesn't allow you to get something from nothing he said that's why it's interesting it's got to be interesting to give rise to the universe at all something pretty mysterious had to give rise to the origin of the universe you know on the tv show it was a debate of someone that was supposed to be a religious figure and Richard Dawkins. And there were people sitting in the crowd and everybody starts to laugh. And he says, why is that funny? And they say, because you're trying to figure out how to identify nothing. The point was when Richard Dawkins comes to a point and tries to understand how something came from nothing, he accepts the facts of science. You know, we try and dream stuff up. That's why we have all these things called theories. We go through science and there's lots of theories about ways things work, and then there are things that are facts, meaning they do not change. One fact is that energy cannot be destroyed or created. Matter, the same thing. It's not destroyed or created. Now, it can be changed. You can take a log and you can burn it, and it turns into a different form, which would be ash. However, matter was not destroyed, nor was it created. And so in Genesis chapter 1, the point was 
Matter did not create or destroy itself, but rather God did. And so as you look at verse 3, the evidence is shown through the creation in Hebrews chapter 11. As we have opportunity to open our eyes when we look around outside and recognize the beauty of the world around us, we know, never mind, let me quote Richard Dawkins. We know something pretty mysterious had to give rise to the origin of the universe. And the only facts that fit is a supernatural creator, one that was above nature, one who created nature could make it happen. So, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. He said, there was nothing. It wasn't created from something that's visible, but rather God made it. How? By his word. All right. So we see the understanding of faith. As you talk about faith, the most important thing I believe I can express is faith is filled with evidence. It's something that is shown through all the evidence around it. If we follow something blindly, that is faithless. All right? In order to follow this Big Bang theory, it's a faithless thought. Why? Because you're still trying to come up with something from nothing. If you look at the creation and you have God as the creator, then we can understand an origin. And so therefore, we have proof. Not only do we have the understanding of faith, but let's hurry through the actions of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. Notice in verse 4. By faith, Abel... Here we go. We're going to make it quick. By faith, Abel offered. Got it? He did something. Abel offered to God. What's it say? It says, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, Enoch still dead speaks today. You can be faithful if you are willing to offer what God requests of you. What does God request of you? Well, on the first day of the week, we have the opportunity to meet together. God expected Christians to meet together. We have the opportunity to give on the first day of the week. As I give order to the, to the churches of Galatia, even so do you. Upon the first day of the week, let each one of them lay by in store. We see the example of prayer being given. We see the example of Lessons taking place of songs being sung. We see the example of all these different acts taking place. And so therefore, just as Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice, we better do our best, as Mike would say, our dead level best to offer a more excellent sacrifice. Meaning, think back to Nadab and Abihu. We don't need to offer strange fire. We need to offer what God requests. We need to offer it how God requests it. All right, verse 5. Enoch, by faith Enoch. Whoops, I said faith again. Did you mark that down? By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death 
and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony. Notice, here's what he did. I know a lot of them are going to have the action at the very beginning. Well, this one's at the end. It says, that he pleased God. What do you need to do? That he pleased God, or she pleased God. If you want to be that person of faith, follow the evidence and choose to be pleasing. Noah, verse 7, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. You could say he moved with godly fear. We ought to move with godly fear. And what do he do? Prepared an ark. If we are moved with godly fear to a point where we do the actions that God requests of us, then, hey, let's see what happens. For the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and, and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. He saved his family. It can help save our family. But ultimately, we can be counted as a person of faith when? If we choose to do what he did, moving with godly fear to be obedient. All right, Abraham, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, what did he do? Obeyed when he was called out to go to a place which he, would not, which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Here he goes. Where are you going? Wherever God sends me. Drop down to Rahab. Ooh, I skipped too many. We'll go to Rahab in a little bit. All right. Drop down to Sarah in verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past age because, here's what she did, she judged him faithful who had promised. She trusted in God's faithfulness. Now, did she bear a child? Yes, but the faithfulness... The action that she did that, that gave faith, that points to her faith, is the fact that she judged him faithful. Understanding that she was way past having kids, she said, ha, I can't have kids. But then she judged him faithful who had promised. We see God promised, and then she received the joys of it. Drop down to verse 20. Or we can catch Abraham in verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, notice it says he offered up Isaac. He offered up Isaac. All right, we've got an action that takes place. Why did he do it? Well, because it's what he was told to do. It says, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Drop down. After Isaac, or sorry, after, uh, after Abraham, let's notice Isaac. It says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. He could have just called it quits. But he blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. And I want to point out as we come up, well, let's wait until we get there. Verse 11. Verse 21, excuse me. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, what did he do? Blessed each of the sons of Joseph, it says, and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. What's all this blessing that's taken place? Well, I'll tell you what. They're looking forward to the fulfillment of the promise. 
They're looking forward to the fulfillment of the promise made all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, where they were told, through Abraham, they were told, in thee all nations of the earth will be blessed. Notice verse 22, it's one of my favorite ones. In verse 22 it says, by faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention, okay, here's what he did, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Well, why is that special? You said, hey, take my body and bury it somewhere else. Why is that special? Because Joseph had no doubt that they were not stuck in Egypt. Why? Because God had promised that his people had a better place that awaited them. Now, he immediately was looking to Canaan's land. He was looking to something, he was looking for something out of Egypt. But it says he made mention of the departure of his children. He was telling his children, you take my bones. Because he didn't want to be there. He wanted to go on. Notice verse 23. By faith Moses. Now it says by faith Moses. And as we're talking about Moses, really I believe you're looking at the faith of Moses' parents here in verse 23. It says, by faith Moses when he was born was hidden three months by his parents. He was hidden for three months. They followed it an action because of their faith, and they weren't afraid of the king's commandments. Man, time flies. All right. Drop down to verse 31. You can see in verse 26 that, he, that uh, Moses looked to his reward. Verse 27, he forsook Egypt. Verse 28, he kept the Passover. Verse 29, it says they passed through the Red Sea onto dry land or by dry land and you get down into verse 31 and by faith the harlot isn't it interesting that she also gets to be mentioned by faith harlot the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she what received the spies with peace she chose the Lord's people all right Gideon, verse 32. Barak, verse 32. Samson, verse 32. The prophets, verse 32. What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and also of David and Samuel and the prophets. Now in verse 33 it says, here's what they did. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting the deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others, in verse 36, had trials of, mocking, had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. It says, of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. Here we see all the different trials, all the different things that they went through, and we don't have time to talk about them. But we could go through and we could recognize different people that suffered all these tragedies, all these trials, but we don't have time tonight. So tonight we're going to look at the blessings of faith. Did you hear that? Faith. said it twice. We mentioned verse 6 earlier, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is, notice, a rewarder of them that diligently seek him the blessings of faith god is my rewarder 
Drop down a little bit further, verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, talking specifically about Jesus, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. We still today are strangers and pilgrims on the earth because we look for something better. Verse 14, for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. Verse 15, and truly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return, but now they desire a better. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to, call, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. What he means is he has prepared a city for you. When we're looking at verses 13 through 16 here, and he says that he prepared a city for them, who did he prepare it for? The faithful. He prepared it for those that chose to be motivated to action by the request of God. The reality is you've got a choice to make. Do you want to go to action? Do you want to be at work? Or do you want to take life easy and just let it fall into place? Life doesn't ever just fall into place where you automatically turn into being this righteous person it's something that takes work drop down to verse 39 it says and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive this promise it wasn't this long, that long ago we were studying this and uh, Jordan Hollowell spoke out in class and he said wait I thought Moses struck the rock it's not that he was perfect. It was that he was faithful. Today, it's not, are you perfect? The question is, are you faithful? Do you follow Jesus in life? We talk about 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, are you faithful? What's he mean? Are you striving to walk according to God's righteousness? Are you striving to be on that straight and narrow path? You know, in verse 13, referred back to the promises made to Abraham. And at the end of those promises, in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, And in these shall all nations of the earth be blessed therein lies you and I the promise made goes on even to now in that we can be blessed through the seed line that brought about Jesus Christ today we're just a wandering people we're passing through life we're passing through time we are living upon this earth as sojourners in a land that desire to go home that desire to go to heaven. And let me tell you, the promised land that he refers to, that's what I desire. That's where I want to go. Jesus promised in John chapter 14, we looked at it earlier today, John chapter 14, verse 1 through, through 3, he said, I'm going away. He says, and I'll bring you with me. You can go to the same place that I'm going the question is, do you desire heaven to be your home? If you got nothing out of this lesson, if you didn't make one tick on your paper for the word faith, just seeing if you're still ticking, 
If you didn't make one tally on your paper and you got nothing out of this lesson, understand this. Faith requires action. There is not one person recorded that was faithful without obedience to God. I'm not trying to tell you that they deserved heaven, but I am telling you this, that God is faithful. And through that, you can be a person of faith, forgiven by the blood of Christ, and looking forward to eternity. There are many blessings that come because of faith. But the question is, will you take advantage of it? You know, we talk about gifts And I don't remember ever a time as a young child where I received a gift and I chose not to open it. I don't remember a single time in my life where I was given the great gift and I chose not to receive it. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But I'll tell you what, a lot of adults choose to deny the gift. Why? Because they don't want to be obedient. What will you do with God's word? Will you choose to be faithful, a person of faith? Will you choose to live for God because you understand faith is built upon evidence? Will you choose to be faithful to God because you understand that many people before you have done the same thing? And will you choose to be faithful because you understand there are a ton of blessings for those of faith? If you haven't given your life to Christ, I ask of you, why not? You know, you can put your faith in science and you're actually going to come back to creation. You can put your faith in false theories and it's going to lead you nowhere. But if you put your faith in God, it leads you home to eternity. If you haven't given your life to Christ, it's very simple. Understanding that Jesus Christ died for you. Understanding that Jesus Christ was buried in the tomb and that he rose again. You have the opportunity to put to death the sin that's in your life, meaning turn away from it. Repent from sin being willing to confess it before men because we want to tell everybody, look, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There's no one else that can have my sins washed away. Then the question is, just as Jesus Christ was buried in the tomb, would you be willing to be buried in the watery grave of baptism where we rise up to live a new life, meaning live in a different way? If you haven't given your life to Christ, I ask you tonight, why not? If we can help you, in your spiritual walk, please come as we stand and sing.
going to have an opportunity to observe the Lord's Supper for those who were not here this morning. Is there anybody that needs a, a packet of the emblems? Okay, let's offer a prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the plan that you had in place from before the foundation of the world to take care of the biggest problem that we would have in this world and as being separated from you because of sin. We know that it was necessary for your son to hang on that cross and we now have opportunity to take our minds back to what happened uh, before, during, and after that time as he hung on the cross. Help us to remember in a way that's pleasing to you. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Father, we know that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins and that it was necessary for your son to hang on that cross and for his blood to flow. We're thankful for all those in times past that were forgiven of sin, knowing that ultimately your son would hang on that cross, that there was certainty that he would go to the cross on behalf of mankind, help our minds to go back to that story on the cross. Be mindful of that as we continue into this week and we live our lives. But help us now to think about what you've done for us. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Jared for preaching to us today, for Mike. We appreciate each and every one being with us this morning and again tonight that you've come back. And the visitors, we are indeed happy to have you. And if you have not filled out a visitor's card, I would ask you to if you possibly would so we'll have a record of you being with us and also get to meet you personally. Remember those who have been mentioned. We have many as listed in the bulletin. And uh, remember Tuesday at 10 o'clock. If you're able to be with us, we'll have a period of Bible study at that time. And then again Wednesday evening. We do appreciate each and every one. If you have any questions or desire further study, something you may have uh, heard today or been pondering, Please contact one of us. We would love to study with you. At this time, you may stand, and Danton's going to lead us in a closing song, and then we'll have a prayer. We'll sing just the first verse of number 851, I'll Fly Away, number 851. Some...
Let us pray. Our Father, thou that sits upon the circle of the earth, thou that is the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Heavenly Father, we can also boast that as thy children, we can also be called thy children through the obedience of the gospel and the washing of blood from thy Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we come as, as we come to the close of this day, that everything that has been said and done here has been pleasing unto thee. Heavenly Father, we too pray that we also can have the faith of those written in the chapter of faith, that as we go out this week, that we may be a light to the world. Heavenly Father, that they may see that you live in us through our actions, through our speech. Heavenly Father, and do those things that we may do to teach others about thee. Heavenly Father, we thank you for every soul that is represented here. We thank you for our elders. We thank you for Brother Mike and Jared. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our children, and we thank you for our, the older uh, the elders that's here in age. The Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the family that we have here as we continue to labor together, and we pray that all things that we do would be pleasing unto thee. Heavenly Father, most of all, we thank you for thy son, Jesus Christ, who you sent and died upon that cruel cross, that we may have the right to eternal life. In all these things we pray in that son Jesus' name, amen.